This is Carolyn Holly. Welcome to Game Plan for Life with Skip Hall. For the next half hour, you're going to be encouraged and challenged by Skip and his guests as they discuss the game plan for life. In sports, as in life, it's important to have a game plan. And as Skip says, no game plan, no victory. Game Plan for Life is brought to you by the following sponsors. Dutch Bros of Boise, an experience guaranteed to satisfy. McDowell Specialty Repair, Susie Boyle Mortgage Team and Castle and Cook Mortgage, LLC, and Rio Body Center. And now, here's your host, Skip Hall. Welcome to Game Plan for Life. This is your host, Skip Hall. Well, today I've got a familiar face in front of me. You can't see him, (laughs) but his name is John Strain. He's been here several, many times, actually, and we've done a lot of shows together, and we're, we're pleased and privileged to have him back today. And so, John, welcome back. Thank you very much, Skip. It's really fun to be here. Instead of welcome back, Cutter, why we got welcome back, John. That's right. Yeah. Well, John's got some interesting information, and and he always does, and something we hope will be of value and benefit to the listening audience. So, John, before we get to that, what we're going to talk about today is hosting transformational gatherings. As Christmas looms near, why this, this could be very helpful. And before we do that, though, let's have you go back and kind of tell us the, the mini version of your story. Bring yes. people up to date. Yeah, you bet. Well, I um, the nonprofit that I lead uh, started two years ago out of another ministry is called You Gotta Ask. And so we actually feature what I'm calling now transformational gatherings. I used to lead hosts or host events in small groups. Right. And now we host transformational gatherings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it all has to do with your purpose and, and a few unique things that we think are life-changing versus just people getting together. Because uh, an event, whether, you know, we do dinner things, the sure, adventure dinner. we do. I, so I've hosted, and you and I have hosted a lot of ev- large events together. But... The point of those is not just getting people together. Mm-hmm. The point is that it changed lives. Yeah. And, that, and there are things that we can do ahead of time and then during that time together and that after the time that r- turn that into something transformational. Mm-hmm. My big challenge personally right now, Skip, is I do so many small groups that, uh, you know, with men during the week and my goodness, you know, I just feel like, wow, I was just there, you know. So it's it's a, a challenge for me to figure out how do I make every gathering transformational, even though I've got guys in and out, and it's very feels very chaotic and messy leading mm-hmm. groups, and so I have to I really had to go back to the drawing board and think about this. And fortunately, I had somewhat of what we might call a kairos moment of God's timing of some thoughts and opportunities and people and resources came together that I got to sit down and rethink this whole thing. And so I'm really excited to share this stuff. I I just did this with uh, the Idaho Golf Fellowship. Yeah, I did a training with them. They're they're host. They have Bible studies, and then they play golf at the various public golf courses. Right. You know about these Yeah, and they help sponsor uh, golf outings also. In fact, they help sponsor our golf outing that we 
put on for pastors and ministry leaders. And yeah, so they're involved. They're, they're front and center. Terrific group of yeah, people. Yep. So, well, so what happened, how that came to be, um, Doug Armstrong and I collaborate up at the Capitol some. He is the Senate chaplain. Right. And I lead a Bible study for legislators during the session. And so Doug has been participating in that study. Mm-hmm. And so he said, hey, do you lead small groups or do any training for small group mm-hmm. leading? Mm-hmm. And he said, I like how you do the capital Bible study. And, he, and he's, so it makes me think that you might have some game on this, and I need some help with our guys, you know, mm-hmm. to kind of help do a little training with our hosts and Bible study leaders. And I, I said, well, I said, no. In fact, that whole front has been kind of underwhelming yeah, <laughs> to right. me in many ways. On the other hand, I said, I should do this because it's all I do. Yeah. I mean, I, this is my life. But... But at the time of that, I was also reading a, an interesting book called The Art of Gathering by Priya Parker, How We Meet and Why It Matters. Mm. And, and I was going, oh, my gosh, this is stuff that I think about all the time. And she was bringing some innovative things into it with just amazing illustrations. And she had a lot of science and a lot of pretty high-end you know, type experiences. And I said, I just love how she thinks about this. So I, I said, I'm going to reinvent on this. Mm-hmm. And, and I want to become more involved in equipping people for transformational gatherings. And, and I would say, well, anybody who hosts events or does small groups, leads small groups, would be people I'd like to sit with. Mm-hmm. So, so Doug's uh, invitation to do the Idaho Golf Fellowship was one of those moments where you go, I'm going to raise my game. Mm-hmm. Use this to have a two or three months and really raise my game for a two-hour presentation. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> Which was not a presentation. It was right. what we do with, with you got to ask because we ask a lot of compelling questions. So we had a very highly interactive two hours together with these hosts and myself. So really a lot of fun. That sounds outstanding. Absolutely. So um, one of the things, Skip, that's interesting that I've heard other people bring this up, there's a restaurateur named Will Gadera. He won an award. He has this restaurant called Eleven Madison. And he was. it was actually voted the best restaurant in the world, New York City. So he wrote this book called Unreasonable Hospitality, The Remarkable Power of Giving People More Than They Expect. And I, that book caught my attention, too. But he said, you know what? 75% of our uh, business now is the hospitality business, yep. Yep. which is staggering to right. think about. We don't produce anything anymore, but we sure... You know, we're mm-hmm. we're entertaining a lot and hosting a lot, and building relationships. Uh, yep. And so, so it raises the question. And his book is all about well, how do we do that better? And so, I really enjoyed reading that book. And I, I just got to tell you one story here that he shares that I think is was really fascinating to me is that he had a a group of four. He called them foodies, the yeah. people that were just on right. vacation in New York. And so they're doing all the typical New York City stuff, visiting restaurants and all this. And But they're in their, their last few hours in the city. And his was like the, you know, visiting his restaurant was the kind of the ultimate thing. 
And um, somebody overhears them saying, you know, gosh, we've done about everything here except we didn't even go down and get a street hot dog from, you know, they're kind of famous Mm -hmm. for the street hot dogs. The vendors, yeah. Yep. And the waiter hears that and they ran down and bought, they picked one up off the street, brought it up, cut it into four pieces, and then they put a lot of decorative stuff with it, uh, you know, garnishings and so forth, and they brought it in and served it to these guys, mm. <laughs> which just made them go crazy. They couldn't believe they did that. And it was like the highlight of their whole trip. Wow. And uh, but, but Will's point was, you know, we got to do something unreasonable. You know, it's like, yeah, we have enough to do in the restaurant, sure, but but to provide a, an extra experience like that, they will never forget that. Mm, no kidding. And so, so I think there's things like that, but there's there's these little considerations we do yeah. that I think make a difference. And I one of those is that people feel welcome. And I asked Doug, I said, would you do a little work ahead of time? Because I won't have a chance to do this, I don't know the guys. And but what I'd like you to do is, if you would write down a couple of things about each guy, and I know you're going to introduce me to them, but then I want you to turn and introduce them to me. And that will help me as a presenter because I'll know who's there. Right. But a few things about them, and maybe interesting things or mm-hmm. things that they would like to be known. And you know, if you stop and if I were to ask you, when, what makes you feel welcome when you go into a new place? Mm-hmm. You know, what would be things that would come to mind for you? Well, I guess atmosphere. Yeah. You know, you just kind of get a feel for the place. And, uh, and of course, the, uh, the service, the help, the way people are treated. Mm. You know, I think that speaks volumes. How, yes. how, how they treat people that come in off the street. You know, and and if somebody knew your name mm-hmm. as you came in, that would be even over the top. Over the top, you know? that would really yep. be. Yep. Yep. Uh, they look in the eye mm-hmm. and Skip, how are you? Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, it happened to be yesterday. I walked out of hot yoga of all things. Oh, I remember and, my hot and, yoga day. <laughs> yes, and, <laughs> one and done. That's right. You got tortured down there. <laughs> one didn't and you? done. <laughs> um, so, but this one instructor. Two of them actually are exceptionally good at this. When you walk in, they look you in the eye, they get animated and excited to see you mm-hmm. and say, hello, oh, we're so glad you made it, barely. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I'm usually coming in at the last minute. <laughs> and, and so, but they always see us out too. When I'm, when I'm kind of leaving, mm-hmm. they're always going, there'll be a little bit of encouragement or commentary on kind of how the class went and... A uh, little interest in kind of what's going on, and I just thought, you know, I one reason I really love going to to that studio is that people take an interest, yeah, and there and and if there is a look in the eye. They know my name. Mm-hmm. They make observations and give positive, you know, feedback. There's yeah. good instruction in the class too, but but I but I thought, what a hospitable, welcoming atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And so it becomes more than just a place to go work out. Right. It's a it's it's a transformational experience. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it it brings to mind one of our sponsors, Dutch Bros. Ah. And the people that work in those little, <laughs> I don't want to call it a shack, but a little building of sorts. 
they they you get a whole bunch more than a cup of coffee. I mean, they are just really pleasant and outgoing and inquisitive. They ask you a number of questions and but yeah, that's 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 the deal. Yeah. Boy, they yeah, they're over the top on that, aren't yeah. they? They're they're kind of the Nordstroms of coffee. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can, you know, businesses that really do well, I think uh they are doing this. They are they're thinking about what makes you feel welcome and special. Yeah. And uh you you just go, This is more than me just coming in to purchase something or do something. Mm-hmm. So I asked the guy, so Doug interviewed he you know he had some uh observations about each guy introduced them to me mm-hmm. and i think they were a little surprised by that yeah um because there are 15 or so of them and but then i said what makes you guys feel welcome and they said a lot of these very mm-hmm. same things right these are just universal things right. they're not rocket science mm-hmm. but but it takes a little extra effort and time to do that yeah but wow, it makes a difference, and people feel connected and open. And and so, um, Skip, there there are probably some I, maybe just I could make a few points here of yeah, things abs- that we absolutely. covered during that time. Yeah. And one was just uh, purpose, and why are we getting together? And I encouraged them, so I had them all write down what is the purpose of your. Study and I said maybe there's an official purpose because this is a national affiliation. I believe mm-hmm. this the golf fellowship is, and I said maybe there might be something from national that you guys happen to know. But but even if you don't know that, why don't you write down what you think the purpose is? Mm-hmm. And so they all shared their one liner on that. And then I said, okay, now I'm going to take you through a little exercise, and we're going to ask the question why. Mm. Seven times. <laughs> Seven <laughs> and, times. And, and they got this idea from, uh, you know, from a couple of different sources. Jim Collins, I think, in, yeah. in uh, Good to Great, uh, talked about it. Now, is, it is this the maple syrup exercise? That's it. You know, you just keep keep boiling it down. <laughs> yeah. it, but what happens when you, you have a sentence and you ask why, it makes you think a notch deeper. But you probably still haven't thought about it deeply enough. Yeah. You know, like I'm going to have a dinner and I'm, I'm going to have uh, four couples over or something, you know, and you go, well, why? Why? Well, just because it's Christmas time. Sure. You know, want to have some nice food and feel connected and go, well, why? Mm-hmm. Well, I guess because want to deepen friendships and people feel alone. Yeah. And, you know, and then you go, well, Why? And you say, you know, if you just keep asking why, digging deeper, you really get down to some maple syrup eventually. Yeah, that's very powerful, and I, I think it's transformational. And Priya Parker says this: he goes, once you have your bold and sharp purpose in mind, and you've written that down, then you make purpose your bouncer. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Let it decide what gets into your gathering and what stays out. Mm. <laughs> and, that, and that might start with who are you going to invite, the people selected. And inviting, we could say, is easy. Excluding is hard. Mm-hmm. And so, but, you know, Jesus selected 12. So this is not a terrible thing. He just said, I can influence 12 in a deep way, 12 to be my leaders, even amongst those. We know that three got a little bit more focus. And yes, he had the crowds, and he sent out, you know, 
72 more later, right. and, you know, that kind of thing. But but I think we have to stop and think about, well, inclusion, inclusion this is one of a Priya Parker's statement, inclusion can be uncharitable. Some just don't belong in that gathering. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Because you can't invite the whole world. So, and then on the other side of it, exclusions can be generous. And in that, by closing the door, you create the room. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we had that discussion with the Capitol legislators. We, the host of that, the Senate host, Chuck Winder, said, you know, we talked about, well, can anybody else come in? Because once in a while, people are curious and would like to. But we've just said, no, yeah. this is for legislators. It's the only way we can keep it safe and focused. And there's no staff, there's no media, there's mm-hmm. no lobbyists. Even even an esteemed judge wanted to participate once. We thought, well, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Getting close. <laughs> but, but even there, we said, no, we better not. So, But then you have to ask, you know, who's central to the purpose of this gathering? And so I have to, you know, who I select to invite is really you know important to think about so why and then who that's it and then what do you do yeah when we're together and that's kind of the last part of this uh there's uh, this is this is a really revolutionary notion i love the te- i stole this from priya parker practice generous authority mm. generous authority and you can kind of hear, okay, it is generous, but the authority is, as a host, I'm in the power position. Mm-hmm. I am the decision maker. I'm the rule maker. Mm-hmm. And if somebody comes to my home and I say, you don't wear your shoes in my home, you kick them off at the door, right? And it's only for a while, whether you wear your shoes at your house or not, you know, it's their house. Right. And you're there for a couple hours, so take your shoes off. So we, we don't challenge that. Yeah. I got a question for you, though, too. Um, You know, the question, well, the big question is, how do we use host power to guide the transformational gathering and uh, practice this whole thing? And think about a golf course and how, you know, one sense you have guys come into play and you want to provide a, a great time. And so you have rules and you want to protect the golfers, protect you know, their experience on the mm-hmm. course, right? Yeah. So you don't use, now we can learn a lot of life lessons from golf, but there are a lot of things that go on mm-hmm. on the golf course that, okay, what are some of your golf peeves? Things that happen on the golf course just <laughs> irritate you. Anything come to mind? Oh, yeah. I got a whole bunch of them, you know. <laughs> How about the slice, the hook? The oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, your own bad shots you can't control, right? Or my bad shots. What are some of the spoken and unspoken rules that come to mind? Like, say you're on the tee box. Yeah. And, okay. Yeah. So from you, there, you want to. Well, you know, what do you want to ask so, so everybody gets quiet. You know, you're not yeah, supposed to not talk. You're not supposed to talk. Right. Be, when be you're quiet, teeing off, right? right? And then, and then maybe even the order, the the lowest shot or you guy with the lowest score on the last hole gets to go first, go first, right? right. And down the order, yeah. yeah. So, but the talking while somebody's making their point, you know, taking their shot, and so we we put that into another atmosphere of a small group, and yeah. you go, you know, we might parallel and say, gosh, if somebody's talking, you don't, if they're making their shot. 
you don't just cut them off. Mm-hmm. You don't talk over them. You don't hijack the mm-hmm. thing. You hear them out. Let them finish their their point. But you could also get a little pokey out on the course too, right? So if you're taking too many practice swings, yeah. <laughs> you're studying the green. Maybe it's overthinking you know, it. Yep. And you can get really, you know, I've heard people talk about people are just too slow. Yeah. Not just too bad, but they're just slow. And so that's that's frustrating. So that's a rule. Mm-hmm. So you got to kind of keep a pace up, mm-hmm. keep everybody happy. So anyway, every game, whether board games, whether golf, pickle, uh, whatever you're doing, football, you got certain amount of time mm-hmm. and you got some rules. So the environment of generous authority is saying, for this gathering, we're going to have rules. One time I, was, I, I did have a group, more than one time, but where people talk over each other yeah. you know, and hijack each other's points or whatever, right. or somebody dominates and too much. So I, I set some rules up just to kind of tighten this up one day, I, and even did it on the text before we got there. I said, guys, we're gonna, this is the question we're going to discuss, but here's the thing. You all have this much time to answer the question, and nobody can talk while you're answering the question. And then when you're done making, saying what you're doing or what your point is or giving your answer, the rest of the guys, no one can comment on it. Mm. You can't teach anymore, preach anymore. You can't give advice. You can only ask a question. Oh, my gosh. You'd have thought there was a mutiny there, but it was like... These guys jumped right in on that and took it up, and it was actually one of the best group discussions we'd ever had. Mm. Wow. Because they they learned to kind of respect each other's lines, so to speak. Nobody's stepping on my putting line. Nobody's talking while I'm putting. Nobody's talking while I'm, you know, you know it's, and, and it was a really, really valuable. So that, so protecting our guests with having some rules and, and this kind of carries into providing equality. And we've already talked about one of the key things is just knowing names and creating equal time and opportunity, that kind of thing. And I think a third category there too, Skip, is just we want to then, as a generous host, we want to prompt connection. And, you know, I spend a lot of time working hard on compelling questions, asking compelling questions, and also guiding people to be curious listeners, sharing meaningful stories. Our groups are just full of that stuff. And so this whole thing, uh, I think anything we can do where we get into, instead of telling, we get into more asking. Yeah. It just, don't you agree that conversations go better? No question about it. Uh, You know, asking and listening are the two important things that we don't do very well unless we're disciplined, you know. And it does take, that's interesting, you use yeah. the word discipline because yeah. it takes a lot. I, I have to really check myself down a lot Yeah, yeah. in groups, and yeah. I could need to do more probably. And and there's some telling that needs to be done, right? But but for the most part, you know, Bob Teedy, who uh, actually is a curator for a a site called Leading with Questions, and he he just brings all these great questions in, resources mm-hmm. for leaders. And he he says, you know, if there was, you've heard of Alcoholics Anonymous and all these different anonymous things. Sure. He goes, if there was a Teller's Anonymous, 
I would be a full fledged <laughs> member because I, he charter, goes, because. Charter member. <laughs> yeah. It's so telling is so easy and natural yeah. to me. Asking good questions is not. Yeah. Listening is not. And so, so we ask compelling questions and it, that can be transformational for people. Mm-hmm. So, as well as curious listening. So, those are some of the elements here telling versus asking, compelling questions, and curious listening. Yeah. Yeah. It's really uh and 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 you know people you know this we we shared in this Friday morning group together for quite a long time and you know how important it is for the guys to come in and be able to share their stories. Mm-hmm. And that you know if they shot a you know an elk, an elk or something yeah. they got to show you the picture and the rack and you know and tell the story and the guy catches a fish. Yep. Got yep. to tell yep. a story. Yeah. Yeah. John, we got about two minutes left here. So any important other points you want to make here? I mean, this is a study and I don't know which what the study would be called, but it's it's definitely <laughs> a study and it's yeah. a disciplined approach to handling people, working with people, listening to people. I mean, it's it's good stuff. Yes. Well, I think it'll change a a any kind of social gathering. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I so strongly encourage people, especially during the holidays, you're getting folks together. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to fear the political discussion. Right. You can you can come in with some great questions, compelling questions, fun questions. Yes. Even. Yep. Make it make it fun. Yeah. yeah. But you are in charge. You know, yeah. you're the one with the authority. So you've got to not be passive and sit back and hope something good will happen. But you got to take charge and. Be the initiator, yeah, yeah. and and then good things happen. My my mentor Chuck Swindoll said something that I've never forgotten. He said, "People are attracted, not persuaded. We need to attract people, and we can ask attractive questions and make it attractive to people, so they want to know more. They want to dive in. They want mm-hmm. to get part of, be part of it. Absolutely." Yeah, we're out of time, John, I'm sorry to say, but uh, this has all been very interesting, and uh, I hope it has been for our listeners, too. Give us your your website so people can go and learn more. Yes, it's you gotta ask, G-O-T-T-A, you gotta gotta ask, dot org. Dot org, okay, you gotta ask, dot org, well. Encourage people to take a take a look at that website, and if you got questions for John or want to know more, or you're going to have a group over or lead, why this this would be an interesting approach. So, John, as always, once again, thank you for being our guest on yeah. Game Plan for Life. Always a privilege. Game Plan for Life is brought to you by the following sponsors: Christian Brothers Automotive, Security Gold and Silver, a reliable source for your bullion investment. Domino's Pizza, Diamond Heating and Cooling, Hoffman Auto Body, someone you can trust, and Zero Edge Carpet Cleaning. Thank you for listening to Game Plan for Life with Skip Hall. This is Carolyn Holly inviting you to listen at this same time on this same station next Saturday as Skip and his guests go over the Game Plan for Life. Have a great weekend, and remember, no game plan, no victory.